together in Christian love this morning. Father, we, we approach you, Lord Jesus. Lord, reverently and respectful, Lord, as humbly as we know how with a childlike faith. Lord, knowing that, that all things are possible to them that believe. And Father, we bow before the God of heaven just now, knowing that you're here interceding on our behalf, Father, Lord, and making, making these things possible, Father, according to our faith. Lord Jesus, and we bow, Lord, knowing that you're here, Father. And we want to worship you, Lord Jesus, not just because you were the God of Moses, not just because you were the God of David, but because you're our God, Lord, today. We recognize the nearness of the Holy Spirit, Father, and that, that your comforter is here to guide us through all things, through all this word today. And we pray, Father, that you would have your liberty in this place today, that, that you would bind every demonic spirit and every, every affliction and every disease, Lord, that the enemy would try to hinder the move of God or hinder your children. We pray, Father, that you would come and have complete control of this service. We give you preeminence in our faith. We give you preeminence in our mind and in our soul, Father. We ask, Father, that the God of heaven, as we invoke you just now, that you would declare yourself here, Father. Lord, we know what we've done with you. But Father, may you come behind your word with an amen today. Lord, according to your promises, Lord, let them be yes and amen for every person that had an uplifted hand and an uplifted heart's need just now. I pray that you'd make yourself known by your promises. 
to your children today. We'll be careful to serve you and to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that is due unto your name. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the bride said, Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we'd like to look over in a, a few passages here this few passages this morning to, to gather our thought. I'd like to look over in the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, then to Joshua chapter 2, and then down to James chapter 1. Amen. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. I'd like to speak to you this this morning on a thought that the Lord's placed on our heart on experiencing the liberty of the message experiencing the liberty of the message and Jesus taking the book read and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land. Even Jericho, and they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. James chapter 1 and verse 22. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. James chapter 1 and verse 22. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, continueth therein, and he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we said, we'd like to speak to you on experiencing the liberty of the message. And from the, from the Passion Translation, I sent it to the brothers that they might share it with you this morning. Here in James chapter 1, verse 23, it says that if you listen to the word, and don't live out the message that you hear. You become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfect law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth that they hear and are strengthened by it, and they experience 
God's blessings in all that they do. When you begin to look at that word, when you begin to look that whosoever looketh in the perfect law of liberty, you begin to look that the one that is looking is looking not just haphazardly, but he is looking with an intent, and he's looking earnestly into the perfect law of liberty, which is none other than Jesus Christ. But this message that, that, that we have, that I thought Brother William just did a phenomenal job setting a case for Christ last night, but this message that you and I so, so love and we are so acquainted with, this message is not that of a message of rules of, of do's and don'ts and you can't go here and you can't do this you can't wear that or you can't wear this but it is that of liberty that is given unto the children of the most high God you'll find that if you'll the more that you go deeper into this message you'll find that it is a message that is a love letter to his children that understand through the through the written word that they understand that this is guarding them from the from the snares of the fowler and actually what this message does it liberates you from where you was and it takes you to a place that God has destined for your divine origin that nobody else can go there except for those that have been liberated by this message and I'm so thankful that I can identify with those that have experienced the liberty of this message and I hear some people say well I can't do this because of the message or I can't go out and I can't do this with my friends like I used to well I can't do that either because you see there was something on the inside of me that got changed and I, I got liberated from the man that I once was to the man that he wanted me to be. You see, I have no more desire to go out and do those things no more because there was something on the inside of me that got birthed by a new kingdom that only he could put there before the foundation of the world. And I'm so thankful to be standing right here with not people that are barred up with sin or barred up with all kinds of circumstances of religion, but a people that understand freedom, a, a people that understand the freedom of worship, a, a people that understand the power of the message and, and what it does for them. The, the message didn't come for us just to have another school or just to have another thought, but the message came to bring a people to loose the seven seals and set her free from every dogma and creed and every idea of man where men had tried to keep her so many years bound down by cold formal religions, but the message of the hour came to set and elect people free so that they could come to a place that only God destined that they would live at. This message is not bondage. This message is our freedom. Hallelujah. Webster said that the word liberty, it means the freedom from restraint in a general sense and applicable to the body, soul, and mind. It is a state of exemption from the control of others so a man that enjoys liberty, when he enjoys liberty when there's no physical force to operate or to restrain his actions. And I, I think that that's exactly what the message has done for us. It has taken every physical force that the enemy has come in and tried to rob from you and I. It has moved those things out of our way so that we can act exactly like the king wants us to act. I believe that Esther walked in there and she may have had fear because of, may, she may have walked into the king's court and she may have been fearful knowing that if the king doesn't drop down his scepter, but if she would have really walked in there with the idea that I am the queen and I have every right to walk in here. You know that she was completely liberated to walk in there because she was half of the kingdom. Do you realize today that you can walk into the Shekinah glory because you own half of the kingdom this morning? I 
want you to recognize that you are the most powerful people that has ever been upon the face of the earth. George Washington was a powerful man. Abraham Lincoln was a powerful man. But those men cannot even hold a shadow to what the bride of Jesus Christ is. I say Wesley was a good man. Luther was a good man. But they can't stand in front of the church of the living God that's been liberated by the message of the hour. It's the light that done the work. Notice what Brother Manning was saying, the manifestation of the Spirit in 1951. He said, now the meeting will be what you determine in your own heart. It can be a time that all of these people sitting here in these chairs can be at liberty, walking around here on the street. It can be those that's on cots delivered to those suffering with cancer and heart troubles. We'll be back in here, and it can be to every one of you a deliverance. He said, now, if God will help me to let it be known to you just how simple it is, then you receive it. If you can recognize how simple it is, then you can receive it. And if you recognize that, that no matter what may be called, you can go through Deuteronomy 28 and you can look at all the curses. You can look at all the curses that would come upon the children of God if they turned back to serve the gods of Egypt. And you can look over there and you can line up all of those diseases. But I want you to know there's one inoculation for every single one of those diseases. And you can sit here completely free from every cancer demon, from every COVID demon, from every cold demon, from every tuberculosis demon. Is that right? I want you to know that there is power right here this morning and it's not just something that you're reaching out into the atmosphere that you can't grab a hold of. But I want to know, let you know that there is a living God that is here that is energizing this atmosphere, that is energizing this people that will not allow you to be manhandled or devil handled. But God wants you to be God handled. God don't want you dealing with sickness. God don't want you dealing with cancer. God wants you to be God handled. I'll say this, David was a giant killer, but my God's a giant killer today. My God's a cancer-killing God. My God's a sin-killing God. I said, let God have his liberty in this place. Let God have his liberty. It's an amazing thing when somebody begins to feel liberated. You know, there's just certain people around that you get around that sometimes you can get comfortable with, and there's other people that you don't feel comfortable around. And you kind of you kind of pull back a little bit because because they, you're not in your comfort zone, and, and you just never know where the conversation is going, so you try to guard yourself a little bit. That's a smart thing to do. But if you're really around somebody that you know, that somebody that you can trust, yeah, as the old saying goes, you can let your hair down as it was. Ain't that right, Brother Randall? You can let your hair down and you can just, you can let yourself free and you can really enjoy that person because you know, you know your conversation ain't gonna go somewhere outside. But if you realize that, that if you get around the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost, that if you ever get one time good and comfortable in the presence of the living God, you can really let your hair down. You can shake out your bobby pins or you can shake out all your, all your curls that you know put up all morning you can really get comfortable in his presence and you can start having a conversation with the king of kings because you're comfortable with him it's an amazing thing when you can feel freedom it's amazing 
Now I'm, I'm going, I'm going back way back here just for a moment, just to just to grab something, something that I personally do not remember. But if you if you're under the law, if you're under the law, you see you cannot have full liberty. Is that right? If you're under the law, but if you're under grace, you can have full access to the liberty of Jesus Christ. But they told me, now this is, this is they say, and I have a whole lot of trouble with they say, but you'll remember, you'll, you'll find out what I'm having problem with here. But back when I was a child, when we was living up there in Pilot, Virginia, uh, Virginia there, there we had a little house up there, and, and our cousin, uh, TJ, he'd come down every once in a while. We, we'd play, and we, man, we killed more cowboys and more Indians than anybody can ever imagine. We had six shooters and everything else. But they said, I don't remember this. Thank God, maybe he wiped it away from my memory. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but this is what they said. But they said, they said that me, TJ, and Matthew were out there playing, and we was a playing along, and we went upstairs and we took those play handcuffs, you know, those things that kids got when they're cowboys. Took him handcuffs. And I don't know why in the world, this is what they said. I didn't do I didn't say it. But they said that we took those handcuffs and we put them on Matthew and we handcuffed him to the toy box or something up there and we went out and played exactly how we wanted to play. Obviously, I don't remember it, but obviously there was something that was the law there that was keeping us from really being liberated the way that we really wanted to play. And buddy, we thought we had liberation until the law... Until the law got home. And I found out who had real liberty. They had liberty to take their liberty to the backside. Now, I don't remember that, but that's what they say. Now, I've got you over here on my side. Now, they used to say that I used to drink. They used to say that I run dope and they used to say all these other things. But you see, when the law came, when Jesus Christ came, he didn't do away with the law. He magnified the law and he showed that he was the one that could fulfill every portion of it. And the devil said that I did this. And the devil said that I did this. And he tried to arrest me so that I couldn't go on, so I couldn't really have the liberty of the spirit of the living God. But then Jesus came by my way and said, let them go free. Now we put the handcuffs on the devil. It's time that you take this living word and push the devil back into a corner. Don't you let him push you around. Don't you let him tell you what you ought to do. Don't you let him tell you how you ought to worship. It's time that you accept your liberty as the sons of the living God. There ain't no experience like the liberty of this message. But I'll tell you what I am sick and tired of hearing is people trying to arrest the spirit of the living God trying to cuff God in a corner and say we'll serve God the way we want to. We won't have none of that worship. We won't have none of that screaming. We won't have none of that Acts 2.38 blabbering, speaking in tongues. She said that's the kind. She said she don't want nothing to do with it. If you're identifying that you don't want this in your church, you are proving that you are a modern church and you're dead from the roots up. Stop arresting the power of the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost have his liberty in the church of the living God. If you're sitting in a church and that church, I'm not trying to get you to move here, but if your church is not, is not accepting the liberty of Jesus Christ, move. 
Move to a place that you can really worship God. There's too many people crowding the message of the hour saying we got to do this and we got to do that. Let the message be the message. The message will set you free. The message will liberate you. You're just preaching that because your friends are preaching that. You're just preaching that because your granddaddy preached that. Let me tell you this. This was birthed on the inside of me before there was a foundation of the world. I ain't preaching this because Homer Fraser preached it. I ain't preaching this because Ron Spencer preached it or Tim Pruitt's preaching it. I'm preaching this because this is exactly what Paul preached. Where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty. Isn't that what he said in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17? That where the spirit of the Lord is, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. Hallelujah. Let God have his liberty. Let me move on just for a moment. No, let me, let me draw right, right quick right here. A few months ago, there was a, there was a meeting that went on. There was a meeting that went on down in Christiansburg, Virginia, and we, Brother Ron, went through the prayer line, and you were, many of you were there that night. But I, I want to use this one individual just because of the experience that happened. My cousin Malachi had, had been searching for us, and we'd been taken away out of the prayer line. I, matter of fact, I don't even know how, how I got to the van, much less how Dad got to his vehicle. But Brother Malachi was looking for us because he had a desire of his heart because he knew that there was a word that he needed right there. And he was looking with everything that was within him and he was hunting for it. He was trying to get to me. And, and then my wife, my wife was able to make it make way for him to get there. By the time that he got there, things was just getting right on the inside of that van. We had a van full of people in there. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost busted out in there, and I, I've never quite experienced anything like that. But there, there the angel of the Lord began to do, do a work. And Brother Malachi, you can go and ask him. He'll, he'll tell it to you. He said, but he never had a breakthrough like that. And, and it, it, that's his words. He experienced his breakthrough. And if you, if you listen to somebody that really has, has had a breakthrough, their language changes. Everything about them has changed. We rode, we rode up that road for 45 minutes to an hour. I didn't know where I was, but there was speaking in tongues and shouting going on for over an hour on the inside side of that van going on we, people were called by people were called by accident and they heard what was going on and they just joined on in with us but what I what I'm trying to say is there's there's sometimes there's sometimes that you've got to get to a spot where you can get you can have a breakthrough and when you have a breakthrough you don't care who's around you you don't care what setting that you're in it doesn't even matter if it's in a van I want you to know the Holy Ghost will come to you in a car he'll come to you in anywhere that you are just to make sure that you get your breakthrough this message has the power to get you out of the trap of the enemy it has the power to set you free and it has the power to use you exactly where God wants you to be used at. 
Now, Brother Branham said in, in the God who is rich in mercy, he said that when any believer comes to God, he becomes God's attributes of his word. He said he is used to manifest the word that's promised for that day. When any believer comes to God, he becomes God's attributes of his word, and he is used to manifest the word of that day. Just like Abraham was used in the drama, when you watch the drama, how it set out, that God was using the character of Abraham. But God doesn't just use anybody. He uses somebody that was in his mind. And he's using caliber of men and caliber of women that know how to handle the word, and he knows what they're going to do with the word. That's why he gives it unto them. Is that right? But Abraham knew what he wanted done with the word. And Abraham, when he was out there, and the and the and those kings came up there and got Lot, his, his nephew, they come up there. Abraham, the Bible said that Abraham armed himself and his three hundred and eighteen men servants, and he went out there and he recovered all of the goods, all of the goods that those kings had came in, had came in and taken away from him. And the kings and the king of Sodom went down there and told Abraham, "I want you to take of the goods." Now notice Abraham was used to manifest the word of that day. What was he doing? He was expressing or manifesting Christ as a savior. And that king of Sodom said, now you take of these goods. You went over there and you recovered a lot. You recovered all the goods that these kings came in and stole. Now you come in and you take some of these goods. But notice Abraham's language. He said, I am not going to take of anything. He said, I'm not even going to take a shoestring from you. He said, because if I do, you'll say that Abraham is rich because of my hand. And Abraham was saying, my liberty didn't come from you and my liberty ain't getting taken away from you. Is that right? You see, what God has given unto you is for you. It ain't for somebody else. It's for you. You see what we have come become, Brother Random said, in things that are to be. He said we have came from time beings to mortal beings to eternal beings. He said when our, when our soul was lit, when our soul was lit by the very word of God, we became sons of God. It's amazing to me. It's always astounding to me when God, when God comes to us and he comes to us when we're in our trial and we're in our, in our troubles, but God does not come to us and talk to us about the problems that we're in. He does not talk to us about our crisis. He does not talk to us about the things that are going on. He does not talk to us about our sickness. He doesn't talk to us about our welfare, but he comes to us just like he came to Job and he took Job up and showed him a vision and he showed him the very foundations of the world and said, Job, where was you? Now I want you to look all over this vision, Job. Look at the panoramic. Here's the foundation of the world. But Job, where was you at? Where was you at? Job was in the midst of the greatest trial of anybody that could ever go through in one year. Everything had been stolen from him. His children had been stolen from him. His camels and his oxen and his, and his asses had been taken from him. But notice the one thing that the enemy couldn't take, and it was his wife. Hallelujah. There may be a lot of things that get shook off in this kingdom, in this kingdom of Laodicea, but you have received a kingdom that cannot be shook. And the wife of heaven, everything around you might fall away. Everything around you may fade away, but the king's wife will still remain. He didn't come to him talk about his problems. He come to talk to him where he came from. 
I notice that every single time God comes to me or comes to somebody that's in trouble, he never talks to them about their problems. He didn't come to Abraham and talk to him about his problems. What did he do? He used him to manifest the word of his day. What did Abraham do? He recognized that it was the anointing that led him to that victory. Is that right? Can you identify that it is the, the anointing of Almighty God that leads you to every victory? Small victories, great victories, it is the anointing of the Lord that brings you to perfect liberty in the law of Jesus Christ. Now notice what the Bible said in Isaiah 58 and 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wickedness, to undo heaviness, heavy burdens, and let oppressed, let the oppressed go free, and they break every yoke? Is this not the fast? Is this not what I am to do, that the power of my word will break the yoke? will break the burden, will break the bands of oppression. And any day that we've ever fought oppression and depression, it's this day. But you let your minds just recall for a moment when Brother Brandon was brought a woman that they had to stop the meeting for, that this, this woman's husband, had, there was no ambulance that would bring her to the meetings, so this husband hired out men to take a station wagon and to carry this woman to Brother Branham's meeting because he knew that the doctors could not help her in the condition that she was in. So they brought this lady to, they, this, they brought this lady to the meeting and they put her down there in that basement and they brought Brother Branham down there and they drawed his attention to the woman and when he, when he brought her down there, the husband began to talk to the, Brother Branham and begin to speak to him and converse about what was going on. You remember the story. And they begin to converse what was going on. Said she's been out of her mind these two years. Doctors can't help her. I won't go through every single detail. But Brother Branham said, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to shake her hand. And when Brother Branham, the man had said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. He said, she, she don't know who you are. She, she's, there's something on her. And Brother Branham said she was slithering around like a snake. So she's slithering around like a snake, and it's amazing when you go to watch a demon that, that, that it's about to get cast out, that he begins to go down to the ground where he first was bound to. And there she began to slither on that ground. Brother Branham went over there, and he began to shake her hand, and that demon grabbed a hold of Brother Branham's hand through that woman and jerked him up off of his feet. He said, if I wouldn't have had a sturdy hand, he said she would have pulled me down on the ground. He said, but there that, that demon began to scream out of that woman and said, William Branham, you have nothing to do with me. And the husband said, now, now wait a minute. She don't even know her own name. Now how does she know your name? And Brother Branham said, now it's not that woman. It's that demon on the inside of her. And he said, well, what's causing this? He said, that demon recognizes that something is getting ready to happen. And Brother Branham said that he just prayed a very simple prayer over that woman and they took her back there and she was in her right mind within a few hours. Now when you begin to think about when Satan gets bound back to where he was and he's in a spot and he begins to act just exactly like he was, watch what Jesus Christ does. He shows that he was the seed that was come to bruise the serpent's head. 
I've never seen one demon that was too powerful for my Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not making a challenge to the devil, but I am challenging the name of Jesus Christ that every devil has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. You watch what happened when that simple little childlike faith was prayed over that woman with that much power, that much demon power on the inside of her. The name of Jesus Christ liberated that woman to the woman that she was born to be like. Now you don't realize that you run into devils all day, headlong day, every single one of you, you run into them, but you don't recognize it. But I want you to know there is liberty to that enemy that may be attacking you. Might attack you with cancer, might attack you with this, might attack you with that. But there is liberty when the word of God begins to have access. You remember what Isaiah would say in Isaiah 10 and 27, that his yoke from off of thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You watch what happens. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of the enemy. And if you can realize what day that we're living in, that we're going through birth pains like never before. And it's a time to be steady because God is fixing to move. And if you'll realize where you're standing at, it's this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. But you begin to watch as people go on through their Christian journey or through their why, through their walk or through their life. You watch them. And Brother Brandon, just go do a study one time on living under your God-given privileges. It's a powerful study. And Brother Brandon would lay that, lay that in there that we're living under our God-given privileges. And I personally believe there's not, ever, there's not one person in here that has to live that way. Are we, on the same, are we on the same accord this morning that none of us have to live below our God-given privileges, but we can come up to the level of our God-given privileges and access what God has given unto us? But notice when people do live beyond their God-given privileges, notice what Psalms 137 says, that by the rivers of Babylon, there was set down, yea, we wept, and when we remembered Zion when they remembered their liberty. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they carried us away captive, required of us a song, and they wasted us, required of us mirth, saying, sing us of the songs of Zion. But how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now let me ask you something. There's no way that anybody can say, sing, thank God I'm free as long as you're bound. There's nobody that can sing there's power in the blood as long as you're still enslaved. But if you can ever get free one time, you can start singing, thank God I'm free. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. But you notice these people had hanged their harps the thing that was built for worship, the thing that was built for praise, they hung it up on the willow trees. I'm gonna deal with something real delicate right here. But there's too many times people have been pushed aside to set their gifts over on a willow tree because they're trying to serve God out in some strange land. I know what I'm talking about right here and I want to be real delicate but I want to, I want to drive a point. 
There's a person that is here that is, that, is, that, is, that is understanding exactly what I'm saying just now that was asked to hang their harp upon a, on a willow tree. I said, we're not gonna have that here no more. They were, they were pushed in a corner that they wouldn't be able to have their praise the way that they wanted to. But when they got into the land that they were destined to be in, they were able to bring that harp off of that willow tree and really echo out the praises of the Most High God. You see, because so many times, it's not our own doing that does it, but men try to push your gift over in a corner so that your gift doesn't shine. And you watch when God designs a gift and he sets it up men can try to push it in a corner but God will make a way for it to shine out in its glory because he is the one that gifts and callings are without repentance if you've got a gift don't you let no man push it in a corner where you say well I don't necessarily have a gift can you say amen don't you ever let nobody push your gift over in a corner I say let liberty come in the church of the living God like never before. It's not a time to hang up your harps. It's the time to get them down. It's a time that you bring your minstrel out, Elijah, and you start singing songs under the most high God. I'm going to sing a song to you after a while on This Means War. And I'm going to sing it to the devil. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't have my increase. Well, I'm going to sing it just a little bit different a little bit later. You can't have my message. You can't have my dance. You can't have my praise. You can't have my preaching. You can't have my gift. You can't have my harp. You can't have my praise. You can't have my dance. You can't have my family. You can't have my pastor. You can't have this. You can't have this. You can't have this. This means war. If there ever was a time to seek a sword in a devil, it's right now. We're on the finish line. It's time to run with everything that's within you. There ain't one chain on you, Brother Randall. There ain't one circumstance on you, Brother Timmy. It's time that you come into the land and sing. Sing, O Baron. It's time to bring forth. Oh, hallelujah. 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 But notice, notice what Brother Branham says in Broken Sister. It's a powerful message. Fits so perfectly with last night's message that was brought forth. He said, notice how the believer is liberated. Notice how he's liberated his ones who received this water. Not a local rain. Not a revival from here and there. And get the Miss Mill cramps and got wiggle tails in it. But notice how he liberated his ones who received this water. He said, by grace, not by a system or a cistern or an education. He said, he vindicates his word. He said, that's how he liberates the ones that received this water. And you think about what you've been drinking on. It's that artesian well. 
It's not where you're sad or you're satisfied with just one rain here or one rain on the weekend or one rain over here at a special meeting, but it's a people that are feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. And those that seek after the kingdom of God, those that are hungry and thirst shall be filled. And you watch how Christ begins to liberate his people. He, he comes down. I happen, to say, I happen to say this is one of the greatest times of my whole entire life. I've been preaching for 12 years, but I've never preached. I've never preached a message people on this level before. It's the same people, but we're in a very special season that God is liberating his people with a rain that has came down from above. I happen to believe this is that harvest rain. It's that harvest rain that's getting that wheat exactly ready. They're ready, and you'll watch as the angels begin to bind up the tares and you watch as that wheat begins to rejoice in the rain that came down. The rain wasn't meant for the wheat. Though the, the, the wasn't meant for the tares. The tares rejoice in it. The tares praise. The tares get much excited about it just like you do. But when the angels start binding up the tares and the rain comes down on the real wheat, you watch that wheat shine like never before. It's her rain. It's her king. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, that wheat, when it gets out under that rain and it gets stimulated, it doesn't care what anybody else thinks. It waves in the wind. It blesses his name. It brings a wave sheaf before him. Do you see what happened down there? Do you see what happened in Louisiana? Do you see what happened in Tennessee? Did you see what happened in Canada? It's the rain. It's a liberating rain. This message didn't come to put you in some shackles. It didn't come to bind you up. This message came to liberate you. And the Bible said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. For the law, the Spirit of Christ, Jesus Christ, have made me free from the law of sin and death. You're free. You're free. Watch, watch what Jesus would do. Notice how he takes a, takes a woman of ill fame and he comes to her at her life source. He comes to her at her well. I find it amazing that Jesus will come to you where you are. But it's amazing to watch what Jesus does with you after you get done with your old well. And you find a new one. But notice what he did. Mother Branham would take this woman. Prayer line after prayer line. Set up every single prayer line with this woman. Now what, am I, what, what was he doing? He, was, he said now, Brother Branham would say now, now Jesus when he was standing there, he said he was catching her spirit. He began to talk to her. And he began to catch her spirit. Begin to talk to her where she was living at and all of those things. Mother Branham said that Jesus liberated her by the secrets of the heart. He began to deal with her, and you can go throughout, you can go throughout about every message, and you can find where the angel would come behind the message all the time and vindicate that this was the truth. But you'll find almost in every single service that Brother Branham, as he's setting up a prayer line, he brings up this woman. 
Remember that woman at the well? Now, 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 sister, you're standing here before me. You're nervous. You've got this, you've got this condition that's going on. And he said, this is exactly how the master did it. This is exactly how the master did it. He caught her spirit and he began to speak to her and he began to tell her the very secrets of her heart. And he said she got her liberty by the secrets being known unto her. And you watch what the spirit of the living God does when he takes that word of Hebrews 4 and 12 that the word of God is quick and it is discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And it's amazing to watch that God will take a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist and he'll take him down an avenue because what is he trying to do? He is trying to get the people of God to get into a spot where he can liberate them maybe in their mind, maybe in their hearts, maybe in their soul. He's trying to liberate them so that man of God will go down through a channel and it looks like, man, this guy's so far off the map. He's, he's nowhere near where I'm living at. And you watch all of a sudden God will take a direct turn and he'll come down your tin can alley and what is he doing? He is liberating you from the things that were holding you bound. You remember when, when Brother Branham had that dream? You remember when Brother Branham had that dream of that? He, he'd fell asleep and there was that, there was that man that was, that was beating that woman. Brother Branham thought at first that it was his mama, that this man was beating his mama with that three-cornered club. He was beating her and he said every single time that, that the woman would try to rise up and, and accept the truth, he said he, he began to beat her again. He said, but I, I begin to recognize, he said, I begin to recognize that that was the enemy and every time that she would begin to accept the, the name of Jesus Christ back, Baptism, he said she was, he was beating her with that Trinitarian doctrine. And he said, every time I watched him, he said he beat her. He said, but he said, all of a sudden, he said, I was scared. He said, I was scared of him. He said, all of a sudden, he said, I reached up there and I grabbed him by the collar. He said, now you leave her alone or you're going to have to deal with me. And Brother Barron said about that time, he said his faith muscles begin to grow. And he said he began to recognize he, and he began to liberate her by the preaching of the name of Jesus Christ. And you watch how the enemy comes in through every creed or every dogma he comes in and tries to beat the people down with a two person God or a three person God and he's trying to beat them down and put them in a corner so that they cannot accept the real liberty of the name of Jesus Christ but there was a prophet messenger that stood right here in this day in this Laodicean church age and declared to you and I the power of the name of Jesus Christ and you watch every single time that Satan comes against you and every time you begin to accept the truth and you begin to experience a little bit of liberty in the message of the hour, Satan will come and beat you down with a three-corner club. You watch how he uses that thing and he'll beat you down. But there is a power that you can experience in the power of this message. Don't you realize what Satan is trying to do? He's trying to push you over in a corner, but I've already given you instructions what to do. You push him in the corner. Don't you stand there and allow the, 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 the thwarted enemy, and don't you allow him to push you back and say that you can't have this, or you can't have this message, or you can't have your breakthrough, or you can't have your family. It's a time that the church of the living God raise up, not with a three-corner club, but take the name of Jesus Christ. Take the rod of Moses and beat down those pharaohs. Beat down those Egyptians that are trying to keep you back there under the slave mentality. It's time you be liberated, Miriam. It's time that you get on the other side of your Red Sea. Grab your tambourine. Have yourself a praise break. Now watch. He said, but as long as Satan can keep you afraid to claim your inheritance, he said, then he's got you. 
And he said tonight maybe, maybe a cancer has, has conquered you. Maybe something else has taken a hold of you. Some disease or even the disease of, of sin or whatever it is, it may look dark and gloomy to you now. It may look like you'll never recover. Maybe look like you can't get over that TB, that prostate trouble or, or that lung trouble, whatever it is. That tumor, that crippled condition, the doctor may, may have every hope, may say every hope is gone, but standing right by your side tonight, ready to take you into possession, stands the eyes of faith who sees the victory yonder through the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. He said, away with Satan and his gloom. Now, let me, let me just, let me demonstrate this for you. Standing right beside you is the one that sees your victory. Is that, is that too hard to do? Just reach out and kind of brush the air just a little bit. There standing right beside you stands the one that is seeing the victory. Now, now if, if we could just get his mindset just for a minute. Like Paul would say in Philippians, let this mind be in you. Now Jesus ain't looking at what you've got going on over here. Jesus is looking at your secured victory. Let me come down a little bit further. God, Jesus is looking at you being filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus is looking at these young girls being completely delivered from the Laodicean flu. Jesus is looking at a people that are liberated. But it's Satan's tactic to keep you over here bound and looking through the eyes of humanity. But if you can just shift your view just for a moment and look earnestly into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein. Don't get sidetracked and worried about what's going on. Stay right in line. Stay right in line and get in focus with the word of God. Stay right there and march into that step of onward Christian soldiers. Stay right there. Stay in line. Get in line, brother. Your victory is on its path. Do you realize that salvation is your emancipation from everything that you have every right to go free? And when you accept salvation as your emancipation, you can act accordingly. You can act accordingly. You can speak like a winner. You can have the language of a conqueror. You can confess your freedom instead of your bondage. You can confess with his stripes I'm healed instead of your sickness. You can confess your redemption from all your diseases. You can confess redemption that, that your redemption is complete from sin and sickness. Confess that Satan's dominion over you into the Calvary because it was there that God freed you. Salvation is your emancipation from everything. Because God's word states all of this, so confess it. Why don't you just have yourself a little witness party right there to yourself? Go ahead. Have yourself a witness convention right there. Have a witness convention to your neighbor. Tell them how you're liberated. Confess to them how he's your savior. Confess to them how he's your healer. Confess to them how you've been delivered. Go ahead, give him 30 seconds of a confession right now. Oh, 
What are you doing, Brother Andrew? You ever, you ever built a fire? You got to have some elements. You got to have fuel. You got to have oxygen. And you got you to have, have some material. I've already given you some material. Now I'm just breathing on you some Holy Ghost oxygen right here. I'm breathing across the fire of the Holy Ghost. What I'm wanting you to do is give witness to what this emancipation has done for you. If those slaves... If those slaves could climb that hill and wait for the sun to shine. They were slaves as long as they were living under slavery. They were slaves living in a house. They were still slaves. They still had bondage on them. But when they heard the Emancipation Proclamation, they were no longer slaves. You can't hold us in slave quarters no more. I have been set free. You can't beat me no more. You can't tell me what to do no more. This message didn't come to tell you what to do. You can act accordingly because the message is the dress wear. Oh, go ahead and fan that thing one time. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to circumstance. I'm no longer a slave to disease. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to torment. I'm no longer a slave to anxiety. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll say the same one that breathed in Adam's nostrils is the same one that's breathing across this congregation right now. If he stood there in the book of John and he breathed on them the Holy Ghost and he went up there in the upper room and they received their promise, how about your upper room experience right now? Why don't you experience the same liberty that Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, experienced? Why don't you go on in the upper room where Peter was a coward one time and on the other side he busted out preaching this message? Why don't you climb up them ladders, go into that candle room, get up in there with 120 others and say, I'm going to have my breakthrough. I'm going to have my praise break. I'm going to have my Holy Ghost. I'm going to have my deliverance. I'm going to have what God has for me. I made up my mind I'm going all the way with Jesus. Every devil can rise against me. Every circumstance can go against me. But I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You keep fanning it. Satan don't know what he's doing. He don't know what he's messing with. Because we're not just justified. We're not just sanctified. We have been glorified. What shall we say to these things of God before us? So what power are you representing here today? If Jesus could stand there, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep adding some fuel to this thing. Because I got a feeling it's going to blow here in a little bit. You better watch out. Brother Ron's identified with explosions. He's already been through one and knows how to come out on the other side. We got somebody on our camp, in our camp, that knows how to go through the fire. So I'm going to keep building this, this case up, and we'll just let it blow here after a little bit, if that's all right. 
But if Jesus could go there and when he was speaking to his disciples and his disciples came back and there was a father that came up there and his son was a lunatic and, he, and every time that, he, that the enemy would come upon him, he'd fall into the fire. And he said, look, he said, I brought my son into your children, under your disciples. And he said, they couldn't remove it off of him. But Jesus turned to them and they asked him, said, why couldn't we move this thing off of him? He said, because of your unbelief. He said, but if you can have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you shall speak to this mountain and it'll be moved from here to yonder. Notice what he said, and nothing shall be impossible to you. He didn't say to me, he said to you, and I speak the name of Jesus to the church of the living God right here. There is nothing that is impossible to a church that decides to believe. If you believe for healing, you better get ready. You better watch out. Sickness will leave this place faster than you can imagine if you'll start believing in the power of healing. Let me tell you, when Jesus was standing up there and he was talking to his disciples in Luke chapter 10 and he told them, said, now rejoice not because the enemies, that your enemies are subject to you. He said, but rejoice that your names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. And then Jesus said, and behold, I saw Satan falling like lightning. What was it Brother Branham said? It was when the church was receiving her power. When she was moving forward into the promises of God, Satan fell from the heavenly atmosphere. And when you start believing for the impossible, Satan comes down as the prince of the power of the air. I'll say yes. Yes. Now are we the sons of God. It ain't someday coming. It ain't someday in the future. It's right now. And I happen to believe that it's been provided. There's a sacrifice that's been provided for your sin. That's provided for your, for, for your healing. It's provided for your freedom. It's provided for your joy. It's provided for your, fee, your peace. I believe that every single one of you sitting here is an attribute of Jesus Christ. And God is wanting to use you to manifest the very word of this hour. I'm going to keep driving. I'm going to keep driving right here. Every time I see a snake, I don't just run over it once. I get it two or three times. I think I done hit this thing one or two times. Let's go ahead and get it one more time. Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice that was provided for Brother Fred's surgery. He was provided for your needs. He was provided for your protection. And Brother Brandon would say, now if there's some serpent, he said, if there's a serpent that's got a foot and it's reaching out and grabbing me and it's attacking me, he said, I don't have to go down there and hit its foot. He said, all I have to do is reach over and hit it in the head and kill every organ in its body. That way it can't attack me no more. I'm going to put you in reverse one more time. I'm going to run over top of you. There is no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper. That felt good. Year of God, little children, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now you're getting the point. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's get him one more time. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed.
You got him right in the corner. Brother Barron, one time, him and Billy were riding down the road. That's good. I like an old soldier fighting with me. So Brother Bannon and Billy were driving down the road one time, and he said there was these, these folks that had that was riding down the road and had a had an accident and they'd sideswiped this sideswiped this car. And they the car had rolled over and it was a bunch of them that was there, but the car had rolled over. It had rolled over on this one. And these, these men were trying to get this car over. The car had pinned this one boy underneath of it. And they were trying to roll it off of him. And the boy underneath of there started, started screaming out. said, don't, you're going to kill me. You're mashing me. You're killing me. Don't, 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 don't do that. They said, we got to get it off of you. said, this car is catching a fire. I don't know why I'm telling this. I said, but this car is catching a fire. I said, so we got to get it off of you. And Brother Branham, Brother Branham snuck up, snuck up right up there and said, Son, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? He said, No, sir. And Brother Branham said, You better pray. He said, Yes, sir. And he started to pray. And Brother Branham said, I, he said, I'll never know until the judgment day what happened. He said, But the sixth sense went to work. That's what he said. You can go study it out. See if I'm right or not. He said, But the sixth sense went to work. He said, I'll never know what happened. He said, but I walked on the back side of that car. He said, and all of a sudden, that car flipped off of him. And he said, that boy jumped up, and he was perfectly well. What was it? It was faith, the sixth sense, that went to work. It was, it was that work of faith that began to liberate that one that, oh my, that was pinned. And Brother Brown, Brother Branham said, it, Satan may pin you in a corner with cancer. He may pin that. He may pin you under a car someday, but Christ is here. I say this to the church of the living God. Don't you dare let Satan pin you underneath a car or pin you in a corner. Stand there in your liberty and say, Satan, I condemn the very works of the kingdom of hell. Take your hands off of God's property. Hallelujah. Let me get to my text. Oh, that was free. He cares for you. He cares for you no matter where you are. You might be an outsider on the outside of the wall, but he cares for you. And he will come to you because he cares for you. And Rahab was an outsider. She was an outcast. But she had seen the power of the supernatural God. Because when, you put on, when you've been put on the outside of the city and nobody else wants you because of the lifestyle that you live in, you start to see the outside, what really, what's really what's living like. Satan may, have putting you, Satan may have put you out on the outside of the wall and give you a lifestyle 
gave you a lifestyle that it looked like, well, if she dies, somebody else will take her place. Somebody else can fill in for her. But she was coming to the end of her road. She was back past her spot of prime, and she was losing customers. But she was on the outside, and she was looking over there, and she began to see a supernatural sign, and they begin to hear the murmurings, and begin to hear about the supernatural God. But she heard about a God that would lead a people and he was coming down in a pillar of fire and he was leading them. And she began to look and think if that God could do that for them people that were under that much slave mentality, how much more does he care about me and my condition? She began to recognize, and when you begin to recognize the presence of the living God, it releases a power to you. It'll set you free. And this little Rahab, when she looked out there, and there was two men that came by with a message, and they came in there, and she housed them in there. Notice when they came in there, she lied to them and told them, I don't know where they were, but she was hiding that message in a secret spot. She was hiding that message because she knew that it was her escape out of this chaos of life. She was outcast, but she was cared for by the king of kings. And these two men made an oath with this woman. They made an oath with this woman by the same by the same token that you let us down out of this window. The same window that she was looking out and seeing the power of a supernatural God was the same window that she let those men down out of. But she said, now listen. They said, now listen. Look, if you take up this token, the blood of your family be upon you and not upon ourselves. But I'm telling you, as long as this token is there, Mamas and daddies, let me tell you, young girls, let me tell you, as long as this token is there, the blood, you cannot be guilty for yourself because there's somebody that's already paid for you. Mamas, mamas, right now's the time to play the token like never before. Right now's the time to go and listen to that message like never before. He preaches it in 1963 on my birthday, September the 1st. He preaches to you the token. But he said these men made an oath with her that when the destroying angel comes by there, by the name of Joshua, he will remember what we have said unto you. Let me say something to you. Our Joshua's here and he remembers what we've said to you. You're not gonna leave here the same way you walked in here. You may have walked in here one way, but you're leaving here another. Can I give you a word of a prophet? They told her, said you go in there and you get your father and you get your mother, you get your family and you get them on the inside of here. And Brother Branham said you take your token and you claim your children. You may not be wanted by everybody else, but I'll say this, you're wanted by a captain. Because he cares for you. What was it? The token was her liberty. The token was her way out. 
And there is no other way outside of Laodicea except for this token. It ain't a tape. It ain't a picture. It's a life. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ was shed for you and I. And you can walk out of your prison bars, Rahab. Everything is going to lap down around you. Everything is going to fall all around you. But Rahab, Rahab, you had faith enough to believe in me. And by your works, your faith has been expressed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rahab, I want you to get ready. You're gathering everybody in here. The token is your liberty. Everybody that you got in is going to go out free. You remember when Paul and Silas was up there in Acts 16 and 25 that the Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises unto God? It was at the midnight hour when all hell was at its highest heights. You watch what Brother Branham says. He said when the angel begins to deal with him, it's about two or three o'clock in the morning. He said it's when those devils are going to sleep. Here's, but here at the midnight hour, at the midnight hour, Paul and Silas begin to sing praises unto God. And they begin to sing in such a way that all of the prisoners heard them. I tell you right now, if you've been free by the power of Jesus Christ, you ought to sing to every prisoner of sin ought to be able to hear you. You ought to be able to praise to every prisoner of chains, of sickness, of complexes, of anxiety. Every prisoner ought to be able to hear you. And when they begin to sing, maybe they got to singing that song, This Means War. I got joy in my soul. God is in control. I got Satan on my trail, but I'm singing all is well. Maybe they got up there and they were singing that song. Maybe they got singing Sister Mary Ellen's song, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is to our God. Maybe they got to singing Jeremiah's song. It's just like fire that's shut up in my bones. It's that Holy Ghost fire that shut up in my bones. <laughs> and their praise, their praise, I mean, you think, well, is there really power in your praise? Rahab, you might be on the inside, but there's a shout on the outside that's going to get you out. And Paul and Silas, you may be on the inside and there might be prisoners on the inside of there with you. But there's going to be a praise that'll get you out of here. So it doesn't matter where your praise at, your praise will get you out. And suddenly there was an earthquake and all of the prison doors flung wide. There was something powerful when Paul began to sing. When Paul began to praise, there became an earthquake that the prison doors flung wide. Remember what the prison guard said? He said, oh my goodness. I might have to commit suicide right here. But Paul said, don't harm yourself. Don't you harm yourself. We're still in here singing. Laodicea, we have been set free from you. Every chain's been struck off of us. Every complex has been struck off of us. You can't hold us no more. You can't hinder us no more. But Laodicea, we're still here. 
Don't you harm yourself. We're still here and there's hope for you. What shall I do to be saved? And Paul took him out and baptized him in his house the same hour. Oh, let the baptism of the Holy Ghost move in this place. If the woman at the well could experience liberty, if Elisha could experience liberty when the sons of the prophets told him, said, don't, don't you know, don't you know that your predecessor is getting ready to be taken away from you? He said, yes, I know, but I don't want your dead, cold, intellectual schools of theology. I want the same message that William Branham's got. I want the same message that Elijah's got. I'm not going to stay back there with your cold, your cold ideas. I'm going on. It might look like I'm going by myself, but I'm crossing that river. And when I get on the other side of the river, God's going to give me a promise. He's going to give me a double portion, and I'm going to scream out, where be the God of Elijah? I'm here echoing out right now. If Elijah could experience liberty, what about you as sons and daughters of God? I say, where be the God of Elijah? I ain't talking about some robe. I ain't talking about Williams Branham's coat. I'm talking about you taking this message and you slapping the river that's in front of you. And say, where be the God of Elijah at? I've lived this message. I've experienced his power. But where be the God of Elijah? I'd be like Gideon. If God be for us, then where be all of his miracles at? Why can't Erica Parker be healed? Why can't Ron Spencer be healed? Why can't Ruth Wilson be healed? Why can't our prodigals return? Why can't we have liberty like never before? You give me one good reason, and there ain't one reason that'll stand up before the word of Jesus Christ. Where be the God of miracles at? If the God that brought Ron Spencer out of a fire will be the God that brings Ron Spencer out of a cancer trial. It's time to experience some liberty. Gabriel, you take this one. Michael, you take this one. I'm going down to the fire and I'm bringing my children out. Esther, it's time to walk in. It's time to walk into the courts. Haman can't hold you no more. It's time to walk into the courts like never before. It's time that you pull your harp down off the willow tree and you start praising like never before. I know where you're standing at and I know that you're free. Don't you let the devil ever whisper in your ear that you're still locked up in chains and that you're still dealing with this. You have been set free and whom the son has set free he is free indeed. If you're free, don't walk back into the prison. If you're free, don't walk back into bondage. It's good, ain't it, Sister Phyllis? It's good, ain't it? There ain't nothing like the liberty of the Holy Ghost. We're not just serving God anyway. We're serving God the right way. Brother Branham was brought a late brought a lady one time, got a phone call. Got a phone call on the, on the telephone. They didn't know who the woman was. 
But the lady, the woman had, her daughter had Hodgkin's disease and they sent off, they sent off the condition or sent off one of the biopsies and sent it off and it come back and it was perfectly Hodgkin's disease. And they told her, said, don't tell nothing to your daughter, just let her go on all the same. And the woman called Brother Branham and said, now what are we going to do with this? What do I do? What do I do? Brother Branham said, well, you bring her and you put her in the prayer line. Brother Branham didn't know who this woman was. And she come through there, and Brother Branham said that she, when she come through there, he said, I had this funny feeling when I was on the phone with her. He said, when she come through there, he said, I didn't know who she was. He said, but she come through there and had that blue paint all over her face and blue lips, blue-looking lips like they had down in high school and those things. That's where a lot of these kids pick that stuff up at. That's why you got to apply a token like never before. And Brother Branham said that she come there, her and her mama come through that prayer line and said, I looked at on them, and both of them were without God. And he said, now how can you expect God to do anything for you if you're living like that? Now let me ask you something. How do you expect God to do anything for you if you don't change the way that you're living? But if you can have a step over on the other side and step over there. And when those two women accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, Brother Branham said, I prayed a prayer for her and the Hodgkin's disease was completely gone right there. Let me say this, in the name of Jesus Christ, there is power to break sin, power to break makeup, power to break everything that you've got on you, and it also has the power to break Hodgkin's disease. If God can do it for Elena Butts, if God can do it for Mariah Pruitt, if God can do it for this one or that one, then why can't he do it for you? I got one more scripture, and I'm closing. Don't leave, because I'm closing. Leave when you're filled up. Turn with me to Isaiah 42. Musicians, come, because it's time to sing This Means War. The Bible said in Isaiah 42 and 5, Thus saith God, the Lord, he created the heavens and he stretched them out and he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it he giveth breath unto the people upon it and the spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand. That's the kind of God I want holding my hand. And I will hold thy hand and I will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sat in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name and my glory will I not give to another neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass and new things do I do declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Before it ever happens, God is already telling you you got victory. Before you ever see the baby moving, God's already gave you the victory. Before you see your breakthrough, God's already told you about it. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice and the villages that Kedar doth inhabit it. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. 
Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. Now I want you to notice the language of Jehovah. I have longed. I have long time holding my peace. I have been set still and have refrained myself. Now, now will I cry like a travailing woman and I will destroy and devour at once. And now is come salvation. And now are we sons and daughters of God. Now. Let God have his liberty. I've refrained myself so long, children. But now, get ready for rapture. Get ready. Oh, Lord Jesus. Now, now, now will I cry like a travailing woman and I will destroy and devour. When you start putting on the garments of praise and trading in your ashes for beauty and your mourning in for joy and you start singing a new song, it brings God's attention when you start shouting on the mountains and you start singing in the valleys and you start pulling your harps off the willow trees. And you start calling out and saying, let every breath, everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. I will sing a new song unto the Lord. I will declare thy mighty works before this wicked generation. I will sing, I will sing, yea, I will sing. And when you begin to break forth on the right hand and break forth on the left hand, then God breaks forth. Notice, now is not sometime in the past. Now is not sometime in the future. Now is present. It's in an instance. I happen to believe that all things are possible to them that believe I believe in the most precious name that there is I believe in the one that came to set you free from the bondage of sin I believe in the one that is a cancer killer he's a tuberculosis killer he is an enemy killer and I happen to believe there ain't not one weapon that can stand before you that will prosper and I'd say let God have his liberty. Let God have his liberty so you can have your liberty. Let God break through so you can have your breakthrough. Amen. Young girls, let me talk to you. If you don't have a breakthrough, you're going to get left here. If you don't really get serious and stop playing games, God will do right by his word. Young boys, it's not a time to play games. Young and old alike, it's not a time to play games. 
Right now, young girls, right now, young boys, this is for every single one of you. This message came for you to experience it and experience every fiber of it and experience the liberty of it and you watch him come and vindicate it with the water. I'm telling you, for you to watch right now, you watch what God will do. Look earnestly, intently into the perfect law of liberty. I say there's nothing too hard for him. If he can roll a boy, if he can roll a boy out of a tin can car and bring him out of a lie and bring forth an Isaac, he's more than able. He's more than able to go through every one of every one of your situations. He's God for Randy Hinkle. He's God for Joe Shifflett. He's God for Jim Noel. He's God for Ray Lambert. He's God for Timmy Batten. He's God for Noah. I say right now is the time for you to be looking unto him. Right now is the time for you to confess what you want done. Right now is the time for you to believe for never, for nothing is impossible to them that believe. God, God, they tried to put me away. They tried to shut down a ministry and they tried to shut down a message and they tried to shut down my praise. They tried to arrest your spirit, Father. But I have come to declare war on hell. I will not be pushed into a corner and I will not bow down to the thoughts of men. I am here simply as an instrument to be used by Almighty God to liberate the sons of God so that they might be dressed in the message of the hour. And if you've been living under a shadow, maybe a wife telling you you did this or always constantly nagging at you because you made mistakes in your past, why don't you stand up and say, Jesus set me free from those things. Get off my back a minute. Maybe if you got a husband that's, that's hounding you over certain things, maybe one, maybe you just rise up just for a minute right there and say, wait a minute, Jesus Christ liberated me from that. I'm free in the freedom of Christ. It's not a free to do whatever you want to, but it's a freedom to live this message. I say this, there ain't no hold on this message to a son and daughter of God. You can live this message to its entirety. You can be what you are, which is the seventh seal, and you are going to express that on rapture morning. Now will I cry. Now will I break forth. Well, let me start singing. Because it's a time for manifested sons like never before to stand up and manifest themselves as sons that are fully adopted, robed in the robes of Jesus Christ. It's time that you express who you are as a son of God. Express yourself in school. Don't you express yourself like some fish, fishy and wishy-washy human being that wants to wa wallow its way through the school and live any way it wants to. You express yourself in the message. Let me tell you, if they, let's, let's be audacious right here. If they can stand in front of our face and throw their agenda in our face, why don't we stand up for our God-given rights that every devil in hell's trying to rock from us and steal from us? Why don't we stand up for our God-given rights and sisters be sisters and brothers be brothers? Let's fight for it. 
We got something to live for. I'm sick and tired of Satan standing there and stealing our God-given rights. I'm not going to live under my God-given privilege. I'm going to stand right here as the ransom and the redeemed. Give me a key, Sister Cassie. Go ahead and play it one time. Oh, oh, oh. 
Bartimaeus wasn't going back to the same place he was sitting at after Jesus come by. The lame man at the beautiful gate refused to go back there and beg anymore. And the woman at the well decided to leave her pot when she found Jesus. Brother Andrew, I'm too old. I can't praise. I can't praise like I used to. You still got hair in them lungs. You still got energy. Well, Brother Andrew, I can't do it like you do it. That's all right. Miriam was 80 years old, but she was still leading 600,000 women. How about I have everybody, everybody over 60 say, you can't have my health. I don't know exactly what Miriam was shouting about. Maybe which one of those demons that was out there battling her, maybe it was complex or anxiety, back pain. Maybe it was just a bird in her saddle. But I'd say that she wasn't just up there just barely clapping her hands. I'm finally free. Oh, thank God I'm finally free. I don't think she was doing that. If it caused such a dust cloud, that the devil still remembers. And he hates it every single time that you start having a breakthrough. I'm 80 years old, Brother Andrew. And I can barely get one foot in front of the other. Why don't you just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, you've been good to give me another day. Lord, you've been good. Well, you've been good. Miriam could sing it, and all her sisters could sing it. Why did he bring you here? Why did he bring you to this spot when he could have easily let you go over because your enemy needs a spot to drown in? And there ain't one other perfect spot but the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that nagging devil in. There's power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood, the blood of the Lamb. Okay. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the Give him another hand clap of praise. Brother Matthew, lead him on, brother. King David was a dancing on Mount Zion's hill. His wife looked down upon him 
and she told him to be still. He said, hey, woman, I sing and I shout, cause I've been getting in where the joy comes out. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Why do you sing and you shout? See, we've all been getting in where this joy's been coming out. Well, do away with your religion, all your dogmas and such. And why don't you get in where the joy comes out? Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody.
hand clap of praise. It's that Holy Ghost fire that's keeping me alive. God's so good. God's so good. Let's sing that as we're dismissed in the presence of the Lord. My God is so good all the time. Oh, God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. Oh, God is good oh, all the time. Through the darkest night, His light, it will shine. My God is good. Oh, God is good. Oh, God is good. 